and welcome to the TOVG Podcast. My name's George Weedman, and I've got a whole bunch of fun ready for you, children. There's a lot of really crazy topics to go over. Some wacky stuff has happened over the past week, so let's dive right in. Today we have my trusty partner in crime with me, Jimmy. What's up, guys? I realize in the past couple podcasts, I very lamely introduced myself by saying, hi, it's me. So, uh, I'm Jimmy, also known as Sunder of YouTube.com slash SunderGamer and of TOVG. What's up? We also have Gerard, who managed to do what the Game Grumps couldn't and completed Sonic 06. (laughs) And this is why he's here with us today. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Thank you for having me. (laughs) And last but not least, we have Alex, who's actually a real-life Pokemon master. Yep, and that's all you need to know. No, uh, basically, I'm on the decks on YouTube, and I'm also on Super Beard Brothers with my friend Gerard. Oh, hey, that's me. Hi. Oh, hey. Also, the uh, editor-in-chief of the website. Hello. Oh, hey. So, hey, chief hey, of site. Chief. Site so chief. So how, uh, how has everyone's weeks been, my friends? It's been, uh, it's been going, going all right. Oh, my week has been... Crazy. <laughs> I, I've been gone. I'm, I'm not even at the office right now. Normally I'd be recording from the office, but instead I'm broadcasting to you live from the living room of a house that I'm house sitting in with uh, <laughs> two 14 year old Pekingese that follow me around everywhere, one of whom is on the verge of death. Oh no. That's where I am. <laughs> so, um, you've been able to, be uh, funny, but. To uh, play some video games there. <laughs> I've been playing a lot of Street Fighter, George. I've been playing a lot of Street that's Fighter. Good. That's, yeah, that's a good thing. Now my uh, angries. Keep, uh, who keep, have you been practicing keep, lately? Fei Long. Practicing man. for SGC, right? Yeah, yeah. I I always had played Akuma for like most of my life, and now I'm playing Fei Long because I think he's awesome. And, and because he's awesome. <laughs> and because Akuma deals zero damage and takes 100% extra damage. Akuma deals a lot of damage. He just can't. He's really hard to use if you're not like an expert. Yeah. I oh, cool. actually watched a FGC event for the first time in my life the other day. Was CEO? Oh, really? Um. Yeah, the CEO. And uh, I, <laughs> the the one thing I recognized um <clears throat> about the FGC is when they cut to the camera of the announcers, and there was the Pringles man on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what's that guy's name? It's like E.L. Stipes or something? Yeah. Uh, uh, yipes. I, I know him as Pringles Man. Yipes, yipes, yeah. yeah. E.L. Stipes? Is that the guy who made Goosebumps? <laughs> no. That's the guy from Creed. That was R.L. Stein. That was the joke. That's <laughs> the guy from Creed. Thank you, Alex. Here I am. Okay, uh, okay. Jimmy, how is how is your week been? Uh, it's been, it's been great, actually. Um... I had the great pleasure of playing through Shovel Knight over the weekend, and whew, it's pretty good. Whew, yeah, super so, good, you guys. <laughs> shout out, shout out to Gerard for for gifting it to me on Steam, and shout as soon as I picked it up, Yacht Club Games for gifting it to all of us. Yes, yes. <laughs> Finally, as as, after a year and a half. Yeah, as soon as I opened it up, I just I couldn't put it down. I like stopped for a break, and I was like, no. No breaks, and I like went back and I just like beat it. It was so so good, so good. Ah, oh, gosh. Yeah. Like I, I can't even like put into words how good it is. It's also I think my absolute favorite chiptune soundtrack I've ever heard. Shout it's, out to Vert. Shout out to Vert. Shout out to Jake Kaufman. Shout out to his dog. Nugget. Shout out to Nugget. <laughs> um, it's free. You can listen to it uh, for free on his Bandcamp. Yeah, it, they it's, have it on Bandcamp. 
Yeah, yeah. It's donate what you want. You can type in zero dollars and download the whole album, or you can donate five bucks and download the whole album. If you're yeah, and, about uh, you'll do five Knight. bucks. Huh? What? What did you say about the Black Knight? Oh, that's the song. If we're talking about what song was the song, the Black Knight song is the song. <laughs> um, I mean, yes, that's definitely my top three, but uh, in the Hall of the Usurper, the, the King Knight theme of his level, yep. it's just too good. Just I too had good. I had the um, save file select screen song looping for hours <laughs> while I was writing the script, and it it worked really well for me. I got a lot of shit done. <laughs> That's great. He went into like a like a like a hypno sleep and just like did a bunch of productive work. Mm -hmm. I wish I could do that with the power of music. No, like really minimalist, repetitive things work out really well for me when I want to get a lot of stuff done. Like back in college, That's I, why would I love just the Fez on... soundtrack. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I've actually done a lot of shit to the Fez soundtrack too. You, uh, George, you might dig the Game Boy printer theme. <laughs> oh my god, Wait, really? Because I, <laughs> I imagine that's actually a thing, because you actually had to, like, load up a yeah. specific piece of software for it. It is, but it was kind of a joke, because it, it was a much more minimal... It, it's literally like... <laughs> and then it loops, so speaking, maybe speaking a bit too minimal. Game Boys and music, I remember last week, the one thing I said about the soundtrack is that it's kind of high-pitched when you have headphones on. It reminded me of Game Boy music, because uh, uh -huh. trying to play Shovel Game Knight? Boy games... Yeah. Yeah, 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 and um, I went back and listened to some old NES music, and yeah, no, it's it's legit. The thing is, is that it's just um like high pitched because that's how it was written, and right. they actually used a different sound chip than the American NES used, but it's still well, they didn't actually use the sound trick, but emulated it. Wait, I think mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not the guy yeah, who made I the music. I'm, I'm sure right. they did. And um, it was the Japanese one. It turns out that on mm -hmm. later Japanese Konami games, they added some extra sound hardware in the cartridge that allowed it to put out more channels and more different sounds and whatnot. And it was kind of um, like a part of uh, Nintendo's strategy in the 16-bit era where they were trying to add extra hardware to make the generation last as long as possible. Like, it sounds like SNES music <laughs> yeah. when you listen to yeah. the soundtrack of the Castlevania three Japanese version. It's really cool, right, and that's right. why... Shovel Knight music kind of sounds as, as rich and deep and varied as it does, even though it is well, kind of sticking of the, to uh, antiquity. Think of the, uh, you know, the speakers that it was going to be coming out of back in the day, <laughs> yeah, too, yeah, compared right. to what we listen to now. You know, the, like, single speaker CRT TV. So that makes uh, me wonder if ideal listening conditions are actually through, like, a really crappy CRT. <laughs> I actually want to output it through, like, S-Video and play that game on a CRT. I really want to do that someday. That <laughs> The uh, Samurai Gun dudes brought a uh, CRT cabinet to PAX, which was uh -huh. awesome. Uh, like, if your pixel art actually looks thing. better, if it looks better on a CRT, that means it passes the test. That means it's legit. <laughs> yeah, uh, another thing, though, about the music as to why it might be so high-pitched is because since uh, there, it's... It's not hard to tell the difference between 8-bit sounds, but there is a limited range of what they can do. And so you can't exactly have a lot of sounds on the same, like, octave mm -hmm. without them being kind of lost in each other. So some stuff might have had to go up an octave to, like, allow it to shine through. Also, fun fact, Jake, Jake Kaufman Vert is, like, like, he can shred like a mofo. So <laughs> he, he probably shred. wrote his soundtrack very similar to, like... 
I don't, I don't know. It sounds like shredding guitar most of the time. The picture and that if he you... paints, the picture that he paints, like as far as like I'm concerned, from the moments that I spent talking to him, is that that dude just gets like super stoned and then goes <laughs> into a room and just like makes potions on guitar. Yeah, <laughs> makes potions. He's an alchemist with a guitar. Yeah. He's uh, his his lair is the explodatorium. It's Plague Knight's stage, yeah. but like with guitars mm. everywhere instead of potions. <laughs> that's that's one of my fave themes, actually. Because um, really, that one sounds kind of science fictiony in a weird way. Like it sounds like, yeah, like what you'd hear in the background of. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a little more um. Kind of, I don't know. I, I've never really got into music, so I don't know how to adequately describe it. But a little bit more tinny and hollow compared to some of the other tracks. Like you, you think you hear more of that like high pitched '80s electric guitar rather than right. than trumpets and orchestras in that stage. Yeah, it sounds more like a song from Mega Man or something to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, he's surprisingly detailed with it too. Like I was. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of my video was uh, using the campfire theme in the background. An entire channel right. to that was devoted to making a cricket noise. Like, mm-hmm. I thought that was a sound effect in the game. No, it's like an actual part of the music track. That um, that surprised me as well. Yeah. I, I think one of the one of the craziest ones is uh, Tinker Knight's stage. Has this, like, like, psychotic drum and bass, like, drums in the background. <laughs> where it's, like, 15 different drum noises that are, like... It's like super like weird disturbed. I love it. It's great. Yeah. So so yes, Gerard, disturbed. you completed season three of The Completionist this week, which was uh which had Yay. you soldiering through Sonic 06. How was how how did that production go? Oh man. Well, um I feel I feel like I shouldn't ruin everyone's immersion of the show. Um The Completionist but, canon must be sacred. Yeah. <laughs> Well, speaking of which, I'm still alive. So, hello, everyone. <laughs> Hi. Uh, P.S. I did not lose my memory in the convoluted lore of the show. Oh, neat. Um, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's a fiction. That's, 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 that's a bingo. That's a bingo fiction. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, if you, if you are very smart and you're looking very closely to the footage in the episode, um, you will see that I completed the game back in March of this year, so... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, I did it about about three or four months ago um, in anticipation of uh, it being the 100th episode because I knew deep down inside that it, it was going to be 40 minutes long. <laughs> that, yeah. Did, yeah. did well, you, know you know that that one level would take you like nine and a half hours to S rank? Like that's that you have to plan ahead for that. <laughs> oh yeah, I um. It's funny because for all the you know we have all our Patreon supporters for the decks and, the, and that one video gamer completionist and uh, I did every every Thursday we do a a hour Skype call and I had missed one or two so I said hey why don't you guys like you know as as a token of, of my gratitude and appreciation why don't you watch me play this level of Sonic 06 it's the last level I have in the campaign as silver to S rank on hard mode and you know I shouldn't be too long. Fast forward to nine and a half hours later, and everyone was in awe that I had not given up playing oh the level. And it was it was one of those things, guys, where I was missing the S ranking by ten points, oh which God. is one ring. Like, oh. yeah, it was freaking ridiculous how close I was to, and I and I got that six times. It was that bad. That's um, upsetting. Yeah. So by the time I did it, I was very that that. 
hands down was the hardest part of the entire game was that that last level as silver that's such a pain in the ass that makes Damn. me wonder about the disparity between some levels and other levels in terms of the difficulty of getting an S rank because I remember when I was watching the Grumps play through it I actually think I remember them fairly effortlessly getting S ranks on normal mode in some of those earlier levels fairly easily but then there's yeah. like this stuff later on in the game on a harder mode where all of a sudden that time required jumps up by like nine hours yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. It seems like yeah. the solution just gets less obvious the less complete the level is design wise. <laughs> the complete the, that makes perfect sense too because then they wouldn't have the solution completed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's I. You know. And the funny thing is when you, in in my eyes, when you play very hard mode, the downloadable DLC for um, all of. Sonic 06, uh, very hard mode. They actually redesigned the level, like of every level. It's oh, wow. completely redesigned, and those levels are much easier than hard mode. <laughs> Be like, That's I, hilarious. I, I, I couldn't believe it. Oh like I, 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 when I, I asked Rayflo's no problem, and I was like, this isn't the same game. It was like, it was like they wanted to retcon the entire game, so they redesigned very hard mode, and it was much easier than, than hard mode. Very it went hard from, uh, mode is easier because they actually finished it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like it went you, from, uh, it went from sonic 06 there. and that's all that matters <laughs> like, well, sonic 06 that's go that's go, go. it went from sonic 06 to sonic okay i made the joke all right oh, oh god. my god that was the shittiest joke i've ever heard in my life well it would have been great if i timed it at the start you guys didn't interrupt me seven times Sonic 06 more like sonic oh shit get out sonic shit Six. <laughs> okay, okay, so everyone right, hates Sonic so, 06, right? Right. Like, yeah. like no no controversial statements there. Nope. I'll say, well, there I'll, is I'll say someone... One. No, hold on one second. Oh, before, wait. Hold on. There before, is a controversial before statement. Before Alex goes on, let me just say this, George. George, what do you think of Sonic Adventure for the Dreamcast? I remember liking it as a kid. I remember playing it again about two years ago as an adult, and my face was in my hands for the whole time almost. George, George, okay. I want to kiss you on the lips right now because no one, no one else in the entire world believes me when I say that I actually have the opinion that I think that if Sonic 06 was like complete, if it like had the feel of, say, very hard mode, if it was like quote unquote polished, uh, I feel like it would be. Uh, I feel like Sonic Adventure and it would feel very similar in the shittiness department. No, I think there's no, no, there's no. this um, inescapable weirdness when you try to put Sonic in the same universe as like actual normal freaking human beings. Like Sonic just yeah. should yeah. not be able to stand next to someone with completely normal looking proportions and and that be canon. <laughs> much, like he yeah, is much less let alone thing. have a romantic yeah. relationship with them. It, uh, yeah, well, down well Sonic 06 <laughs> took it there. Like back in back in Sonic Adventure, you had good wholesome beast on beast relationships with Amy, who, who was also right. like a weird character. When I replayed it as an adult, my face was in my palms so hard for all of Lady those beasts. all of those scenes. It, 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 anyways, whatever. I think I was gonna say earlier that um, it's not it's not a shocking and controversial thing to say that we all hate Sonic 06, right? Yeah, I see where you're going with okay. this. Okay, but it is, however, a controversial and shocking statement to say that you uh, you would hate a game with uh, such highly praised esteem as Ocarina of Time, perhaps. There it is. Oh, there, there it is. is. There that, it is. That transition. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> okay. Um, what was that? Was that it? was my dubstep. Uh, so, so the news, but it just 
The news that anyway. I'm trying to stick myself with for the first half of this week's podcast is community news, not game news, right. community news. Because the most interesting and crazy and controversial stuff that happened this week whoa, happened whoa. around the, the community business surrounding games rather than the developers and publishers festering in games. And um, <laughs> first up on the topic on the docket is uh, Sequelitis Zelda. What did you guys think? Three years I in the making, it. it's finally out. Loved it. I thought it was great. Gerard? Loved it. I thought it was awesome. I thought oh, that it. Okay. I'm. It, for me, it, it's hard because um, I am. You know, first off, I have a. I don't want to say a biased opinion, but Aaron and I have been talking shop on Zelda Sequelitis for about those three years. In the time that I have, like, when he did, uh, when he did Mega Man X Sequelitis, um, he said that he used my video as reference to some of the points that I said, and since then, he and I have been talking you know, back and forth about different ideas for what he thought. And, uh, so I'm, I'm kind of biased because like I, he was pitching these ideas to me a long time ago. And every time he'd say something, I'd be like, you are correct in my eyes. Those are the exact same things that I felt about, uh, you know, Ocarina of Time in comparison to Link to the Past. So I'm kind of biased. I can't, I can't say that like it was good or bad because I, I, agree that it was very 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 good because those are my same views well so i kind of I'm, I'm negated <laughs> here's the thing is that he's getting like hatred you know from people from from for this video and of course. it's it's and that's crazy but i mean like in the in the like the whether or not you agree with the argument shouldn't matter in your opinion of the video necessarily mm -hmm. like i i think that his i think that I, I i definitely disagree with a lot of the things that he says i you know what i mean like I, I don't think that Ocarina of Time is untouchable. I don't think that it's anything close to what most people who love it think. But mm -hmm. I, you know, I think that the, the arguments that he makes are all, like, valid arguments that are... I, I, at least he does a good job of making us understand where he's coming from. Yeah, I think one of the parts that really, like... Not, not sold me, but, like, one of the parts that really, like, won me over towards, like not keeping the nostalgia shades on because I am a person who grew up with Ocarina of Time and I, I don't hold it in like as high regard as most people but I do like it more than Link to the Past in like enjoyment factor and like looking back on playing it because I have played through both of them but the one part that won me over was when he described the difference between opening a chest in uh, Link to the Past and between Ocarina of Time because I had heard him talk about that before one time and the way he described it at the time, I was just like, no, I, I think you're just biased. Like, I, Ocarina of Time's chest opening isn't that bad. That's right. The, we had dinner. We talked about that at dinner. Right. Yeah. And and at the time, I wasn't convinced because I thought, like, no, I like the spin around thing. I like the, the like, like, but the way he, he, like, laid out the point in the final version of Sequelitis was so much more clear that, like, the, the buildup is you getting the key and walking to the chest. So when you get to the chest, it's an instant payoff of all this like suspense that you've been building by getting there, as opposed to like found the chest and now the suspense is like what's in it. Like it's a chest, but it's by by its nature, it's already like suspenseful. So I don't know. I really liked that. That was one of the points that like kind of turned me a little bit in my views. But don't you think I that's think pretty ticky tacky? Not entirely. Wait, what does ticky tacky mean? Like, like minutia. Like, don't you think that's like pretty, like, like for? Nit wait, what's minutia mean? Yeah, like, like nit he means like nitpicky. Oh, nitpicky. Huh. I, I don't know. I, I get it. Like, the idea is that it stimulates your imagination more than um, having the game kind of uh, 
play a cutscene that's supposed to evoke tension. It's more like the level design and the pacing of the gameplay evokes tension. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, I and I get that, but it's just like I don't know. Like I don't know if that specific point is enough for me I, I, to, to sway me one way or the other. Like philosophy wise, I completely agree with the video. Like uh, you know about it being like a tour rather than a exploration. I right. think that is a key thing that's important. But I think that both. Uh, Link to the Past and Ocarina of Time have that problem. I think that most of the things that I like fully 100% got behind were like things that were wrong with not just Ocarina of Time but also Link to the Past that made it different Mm -hmm. from you know NES Zelda which I think is the purest version of the game. I I, I agree with him about the key thing. Like he got Mm -hmm. me on that one and I um But I don't know, like, I'm going to say my bias here, all right? Like, I would not be on this show right now if it weren't for Ego Raptor. Like, I have an enormous amount of respect for this series of videos. I started my own because um, the Zelda sequelitis was was something I was greatly anticipating that just kind of never came out. And so I was like, I should jump on this topic while it's still not there. And so I made a video of my own that was fairly similar, almost the same length, and went over a lot of the same stuff. But I think um, a lot of what kind of... well, And, and it's not like I hated it, it's just what... I, I did not like it as much as the other sequelitises, because this one was more of a value judgment. Like, mm-hmm. it was more, it was closer to zero punctuation than level head. Like, I really like your level head videos, Sunder, because they remind me of mm-hmm. old sequelitis episodes. Like, you could watch those <laughs> and actually get tips about what to put on your graph paper while drawing out levels. And with this uh-huh. one, it's so much more about him defending his own subjective opinion rather than kind of looking at the game designs within the appropriate context. Like, uh, th- this big complaint about modern Zeldas is they all follow the formula Ocarina Time Set, where you kill a dungeon with the item, or you kill the boss of a dungeon with the item in a dungeon. And the thing is, back in 1998, you didn't know that was the formula yet. Like, back then, it yeah, could take you, you by surprise. That. I think there's, um... I think there's more value to be gleaned from looking at the differences between the games rather than trying to defend the differences between the games. Because... The, the differences between the two are astounding, but they are all almost the same thing. Like, he kind of uh, lost me a bit when he was talking about the combat and how it's separated from the exploration. I mean, Link to the Past combat is extremely simple, too. It, it almost plays like a bullet hell shmup, but you have a little melee button. You kind of dodge mm-hmm. and slash, and there are enemies that bounce you off into pits. And in Ocarina Time, that's the penalty for, for hitting enemies while they have their guard up, is they'll bounce you in pits. He said there should be some kind of enemy that bounces you and him back together. Like, that. That's, there are parts in the Shadow Temple where you're on a narrow pit fighting a Stalfos. If you hit him with his shield world up, that's the penalty. You get bounced into the pit. And he was talking about how it's silly that in the Fire Temple you just hold the joystick up to jump over pits. Maybe there should be a spinning blade thing to make it interesting. There are also parts in later dungeons that have spinny blade things around jumps in Ocarina that you have to manage. They're both really, really long games that have such a breadth of design and mechanics to them. Like, you can find examples of of things that he would want to be in either one that is not in either one and mm-hmm. also one thing that that I think he uh 
and maybe a lot of people who like Link to the Past kind of like to ignore is that half the dungeons mm. in that game have the same music tracks and palette swipes of palette swipes of the same tile sets that really every time I go back and play it like I just get bored before the halfway mark <laughs> yeah. because all the dungeons yeah, think, feel well, bland. But that goes back to the same thing that we were talking about before, about the formula. Like, first of all, like, other than graphics, I think that there's a lot more, like I was saying before, uh, bet- differences between original Legend of Zelda and Link to the Past, but something like the palette swaps and stuff like that, right? If you're going, if you're going back to the only, and, you know, and Link- the same music track. Music's a big deal. Right. But mm-hmm. if you're going if you're going back through and looking back at the previous games, i.e. Zelda 2 and Zelda, you know what I mean? You're going from Nintendo to Super Nintendo graphics. And I think that because Link to the Past was such an early Super Nintendo game, uh, and I mean, you this kind of goes with uh, Super Mario World 2, which like doesn't really look like any other game on the Super Nintendo as far as like what they did with sprites and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mm-hmm. so like bright and simple. I, I think that they just weren't sure what they were working with yet, and, and I bet you that if they put out a second Zelda on the same console, it's like the difference between Skyward Sword and... Uh, Twilight Princess, you get to see a situation where, or you know, Wind Waker and Twilight Princess on the GameCube, you see a totally different like version of, of the power. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I think that I think that those type of things can be attributed to that. And saying that, I don't know. Like it's, it, I think that he did a lot of like misinterpreting that concept as criticism of Ocarina of Time, uh, and as it, as why Link to the Past is better. Also, Ocarina also, of Time. I think they're much more similar than they are different. Yeah, and the video was about why he thought Ocarina of Time was worse than Link to the Past rather than about the mechanical subtleties of these two games because it was clearly more focused on one than the other. And th- th- there's like something about the narration style in this one kind of rubs me the wrong way. Like he started it out like cursing down a caricature of, of someone who would inevitably disagree with him. Like, it's not like he's wrong. He is going to get crucified for this thing. Cause he said Ocarina mm-hmm. time wasn't the best game ever on the internet, but mm-hmm. there's like something a bit more, more abrasive about the way he talks in this one that just comes off less friendly. Like there's a part where the little caricature box art of skyward sword is, is talking about how reluctantly <laughs> happy he is to be there. And then ego Raptors cartoon will like shout in its face and it'll close up on on the box art, puffy eyed, covered in tears, absolutely devastated. And I'm like, ah, well, cool. if you think back to but Here. if you think back to Roll in uh, in Mega Man X, I feel like he was doing yeah, the same he, thing. Like, he was punched Roll in the face, and uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't See, know. but but here's the thing, though. It, it's entertainment. So what the am I? The difference is the difference is Roll from Mega Man. Who I mean, who cares? That that's Mega Man Legends, right? On N64, like the least liked Mega mm-hmm. Man game. Uh, Practically oh, ever. Yeah, that 3D sequel done wrong. Holy shit! Sorry. <laughs> that that specific use of role um, that he used is he used the model from like the Mega Man regular generation, mm-hmm. and I don't think ever in the original Mega Man series does that happen. Well, I and think so. I think he combined both methods of Mega Man Legends and that. Right, but that was just to illustrate a point that that's something that could happen in a Mega Man style, but that that didn't happen in those games. Right. But what I'm saying is, like, 
all right, even even Mega Man is like a very big series, but in the Mega Man the Mega Man sequelitis, he talked only positively about both games because he liked both of them so much. In the Castlevania one, I mean, Castlevania on the NES is not nearly as big as say Symphony of the Night or any of the modern Castlevanias, which have a much larger fan base. So Castlevania one and two, and especially since two is a mostly hated game that not many people actually and, like, and he was he, like reluctantly, he was, yeah. Like he's attacking a game that does that doesn't have many people there that want to defend it. Whereas with Ocarina, Link to the Past between Ocarina is the first sequelitis to actually like go offensive against something a that game will rile that should, up people more. Yeah, it's so, like a game that should not be challenged that's being well, challenged. Well, I don't that's think why that, I don't that's think why that I means think the video should be nah. more confrontational. That's you know the thing. I mean? It's not more confrontational. It just feels like it because the game is a game that's not already hated or he's not talking like highly well, about it. I, it's I, a game that's loved by so many people that it just sounds and feels more abrasive. I get what you're saying, but like I don't hold that opinion of Ocarina of Time, and I still feel like it was a little bit more. I I, I don't think that it was confrontational so much as I feel like it was a little bit preemptively defensive. You know what I mean? Eh. I feel like I feel like he would say things sometimes, and kind of like we would experience his sort of like reluctant like reluctance or defiance to say it. When I don't think that there's any reason to be afraid of having that opinion. I disagree. I don't think... I didn't feel that at any point in the video. Hey, guys. Hmm. You know um, <laughs> what's good about YouTube for once? Get out. That was the worst. <laughs> was this, was, hold on. Was, that was, was the is segue. This, is this a segue? YouTube's upgrading to 60 FPS and adding the tip jar feature. Yeah, at this year's okay. VidCon, Google announced that YouTube would soon come to support <laughs> clips running at 48 to 60 frames per second. Well, how how do you usually feel when you get that email announcing changes in the YouTube video game platform? Oh, I uh, I blocked YouTube from emailing me. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel. I'd rather just be surprised. <laughs> I'd rather just log on and be like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> yeah, say you know, kind of um, delay the disappointment because every time like, I, I get that news, my my stomach just sinks. I feel yeah, it, a little bit it was queasy. Like when, it's like when I logged on to YouTube last week, and instead of Video Manager, I saw a big button labeled Creator Studio, which just makes me click on that and then click mm. on Video Manager when I, I'm in that I, I menu. I was like, what kind of shit are they getting themselves up to? <laughs> and then, all of a sudden, actual good news happened for the first time what? ever? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so 60 frames per second. That is, um, I don't even know if there's much to talk about that. Like, that is, that is an That's objective great. improvement. Yeah, it's great. I, there's no yeah, downside yeah. to that. Yeah. Tip jar. Tip jar. Is there anything to talk about that? Is that anything other than an objective improvement, like having your crowdsourcing directly right there next to your video? Uh, I think it just makes it way, easier. It, it makes it easier. The only, like, I can see improvements, but I can also see controversy over oh, it. Oh, yeah. Well, because crowdsourcing like, is always controversial. Right, but I mean, like, I don't think it's as simple of a thing as like, oh, tip chart, great. Like, I think there's some conversations that need to be had about it, and maybe I can see like a lot of like, like, I I can see people using this as a sort of like, like, hey guys, it's instead of like, oh, let's try and get a thousand likes in this video, like, let's try and get a hundred dollars worth of tips in this video, and I'll make a bonus video, which kind of I don't know if that's a bad thing, but like, it doesn't. It's, it seems I like mean, that's going to shift. It's basically YouTube. like well, what we're doing on Patreon, except it's yeah. except right. it's except it's on YouTube right away. And I think that uh, on the flip side of that, like as far as it being their own thing, I think that was probably a good move for them because 
uh, I bet you if they did market research, it would show that, because uh, obviously I don't have access to that anymore, because I don't work for a company <laughs> that does market research. But uh, right. <laughs> I think that they would find that people hate it when YouTube or Google like tries to work with a company. Like, the Twitch thing like turned out that whatever like fruit of that weird rumor about Twitch and Google was it ended up being mm. like a pretty cool little useful thing of like hey this guy is streaming on Twitch right now yeah but like originally what happened was it was this huge outrage about like oh like Google's going to ruin Twitch they're going to make a YouTube and you're going to have to do Google Plus and <laughs> it's going to make it have content ID and all this stuff that I hate I hate them I'm, I'm sure <laughs> like, I'm sure that some really uh really normal sounding arguments were also made Yes, but, it also, but, uh, yeah. but what I'm saying is, market research-wise, that's what that fosters. That's the thing that they want to avoid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Regardless of whether or not like smart people had a problem with it for a good reason, that's that's beside the point. But what I'm saying is, the fact that they went with something that's just like, oh, on YouTube you can just pay. It's it's a good way to introducing that because it's very like not jump through hoopy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It avoids like, like, that don't whole, you lose? Like, don't you lose a bit of traffic from having to filter your supporters through like an extra click through, like an yeah, extra page? It's another, page, it's like another, it's another thing for them to have to do, you know, because mm -hmm. they yeah. have to also, sign up and fill out the thing and whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys are at liberty to talk about the cut Patreon takes because I haven't I haven't done any crowdsourcing, but I actually plan a, to when when TipChart comes out. Five percent. Okay, because YouTube's cut is twenty one cents and five percent. It's it's five percent plus the credit card company's fees of if you are using a credit card. Huh. So 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 would that make YouTube's cut bigger or smaller than Patreon's cut? It it depends on the total ratio of who is donating Patreon versus YouTube. Is it twenty one so cents see, at five percent, or is it at least twenty one? It's at cents. least it's twenty one cents per transaction plus five percent of that transaction. Yeah. Okay. So I think they're just probably trying to cover their ass on processing fees there. Right. Right. Because right. because yeah. processing takes work. So I'd say um, it's probably I'd say it's probably about the same as Patreon. I think it's probably just yeah. meant to be competitive with Patreon. It, it'll it'll even out probably. Yeah. But I mean, like the, I don't know. I in a sense, like yeah, getting rid of that that click through or like signing up on something like Patreon, like. If a guy who just like happened to like find five bucks in his his room one day was just like, oh wow, I really like Jimmy's new video. I'm gonna <laughs> give him five bucks. Like he could just like do that now, and it, there's nothing like he's not like married to that transaction. It's just like a one-off thing they can yeah, do whenever. That, it's, that, it's that, very... that is the beauty of 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 uh, the tip jar versus Patreon because yeah. Patreon essentially is, hey guys, you remember Kickstarter? Well, what if Kickstarter was for your YouTubers or your favorite creators? And it was every and... week. And it's every week, so you get something, or you get a reward every single week, or every mm. single video that's 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 put out. And for, I mean, that's that's one of the things that I I love about Patreon. It's one of the things I hate about Patreon because a lot of our excess time here in the office is spent fulfilling those rewards. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it, it's worth it to some people, um, depending on what the rewards are, and, and people for the most part who have been with Patreon since the beginning have really enjoyed it and really embrace what we're doing. Um, but I think that with the tip jar situation, uh, it can, like Jimmy said, it can go one of two ways. It can go really great for creators. It can go really bad. I think that, um, 
I don't, I'm, I'm not sexist or feminist or I'm, I'm very much equality for everyone. Um, but knowing how uh, clickbait works on YouTube, <laughs> I definitely, and Twitch for that matter, I definitely feel that we're going to get a rise in... Um, reply girls in reply not reply girls but <laughs> like that, a similar situation of, yeah absolutely you're oh, going to boy. see people who are going to figure out how to mess with the algorithm to to incorporate you know nudity and sex and violence into the thumbnails and into into tip chart integration that will definitely result in you know people getting getting massive amounts of money for little to no effort and that's the whole thing right like amazon wish lists like for the longest time streamers and youtubers and you know event groups like you know fgc groups and of of both male and female have massive amazon wish lists and people actually are crazy enough to buy things for those people yeah um you know i know jesse cox uh he won't go into detail but he had someone that was very close to him that like got purchased a laptop like wow. why you know and a very expensive gaming laptop so like that's a thing of like oh like that's a fulfillment that a fan made whether or not it's like a good thing i don't know but that's kind of where it might lead to in the future of you know this snowball effect of of how like the tip jar is perfect for guys like us mm. yeah well i like, mean look at this the- think about it this way think about it this way think about it like it's going to be a very safe move to just turn the, chip, the tip jar on. You know what I mean? Yes, regardless absolutely. Of, regardless of whether you're going to be like a guy who's all about your tip jar or not, having the tip jar option on your page is probably going to be a very safe move because probably we're all going to just sort of silently agree, well, it's probably better to have it than not to have it, so let's just yeah. all, we're all going to turn it on. And right. then yeah. it's going to be like, you know, the audience is going to judge you for how you use it, which is which is good because like with Patreon, the system is already in place. Like, you give me money, depending on how much money you give me, I give you a thing. The, but mm-hmm. but like we were saying earlier, uh, you know, if this video hits, you know, a thousand dollars tipped, like. I'll make a video where I'm in my swimsuit or I'll make a video where I battle one of you or, or you know, something like that. Like, <laughs> like there's, there's all sorts of different ways to do it that require a lot less effort on the part of the creator uh, that are going to be generating money. And so I think that it's going to be sort of like a cultural thing for us well, to decide do- as gamers, like what's going to be the thing that offends us. Do we mm-hmm. know if the tip jar is going to be a button displayed and tracked on a per video basis or per I was channel. About, I was about yeah. to ask that exact same question. Yeah. I think that would make the most sense because uh, like you're not gonna like, okay, let's take, I don't know if any of you know off the top of your head, anybody who has like a viral video that like does regular videos but the rest of them don't get any views, they just have that one viral one. Yeah, I know. Um, I know that okay, feeling. Okay, well like oh, I mean this is not an example. This is not a good example because he does get like regular, good regular views on his regular videos. But like for example, Pro Jared has like his regular series of you know pro reviews and one minute reviews and all that. But also he made that how to make slender not scary and that has like six million views, right? <laughs> like if you have a tip jar on per video, he'll probably generate more than if people were like like. Oh, I liked this video on how to make Slender not scary. Let me go to Pro Jared's page well, and let me tip him real quick. Okay, like, okay. It, it'll make more sense to be like, ha, this was funny, tip. Like, here's, you know? here's a solution. Put the tip jar button underneath the video. Do not track when when they give their payout which video generated the most clicks. Right, but it's still yeah. you still run the risk of being like, give me 10,000 tips this week and 
I'll do this, or there's there's always a way around that kind of shit. Well, yeah, then, then you I won't be, like, mudging that into the content. Yeah, I guess that's oh, true. Sorry, my cell phone's going crazy, but you won't well, um, end up having to put those messages on, like, a per-video basis. You might have mm -hmm. one on, on many different videos, because then it'll go to the channel and not to the video. Right. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Do you guys think feel that <clears throat> if I am Joe Schmo, um, person who is interested um, in, you know, YouTubing, right? Or, oh, like, sorry, let me, let me restart this. Let me say I am, I am like SonicFan75. That is my user <laughs> tag. And I um, find, you know, my, the Sonic 06 video, and I actually really liked it. So I tipped towards that. And then when I tipped, YouTube is like, hey, congrats, you're a first time tipper. Here's a YouTube achievement, <laughs> oh, or here's boy. a YouTube mm. sticker, oh, or a badge. No. Gamification like, on YouTube would be let's uh, not. generosity yeah, let's, percentage. Let's not. Well, generosity? I mean, my point is though is that like the benefit of Patreon, right, is you get something in return. But it's like how like if something like I don't know like as as a person to tip someone, I understand that it's a tip. Yeah. But like. You know, the amount of the tip obviously depends on how generous you're feeling that day or whatever mm. it may be. Like when you go eat at a restaurant, you're like, hey, the service is pretty good. I'll give you 15% or, mm. you know what? This service sucked. I'm not going to give you anything. Mm. Um, on YouTube, it's a much different beast where some people will like it. Some people won't. And I guess like with we're going to see what happens with the tip jar. Like, right. should there be things like, hey, you know. You just got this achievement or this badge or this whatever thing or this karma points because isn't that I don't know I don't read it I don't know Reddit I, I, I mean, don't read it but that is essentially the idea behind karma and stuff it's a it's a reward for for doing better but that's but on Reddit it's more like an idea it's of where completely like completely arbitrary posted, you posted like like good content that is not like clickbait or, or terrible or, or like unthought out or stuff and so people will karma up you but I'm obviously that works by a person-by-person -person basis, but I can already see if the achievements or karma or whatever the, the heck happens on, on, like, a gamification of YouTube, <laughs> I can already see the John Blow tweets rolling in. Yeah. Yeah. All right, but what if, so... But what, if, but what if, like, okay, but, like, what if, like, for example, like, like put it in terms that are familiar to me just because it, it's easier for me to explain it. Say, like, say, like, for example, like, you know, I make a... I make Pokemon videos every week. Each right. week, the video focuses on a different Pokemon, right? Yes. So what if I say, like, all right, at the end of this video is, like, our, our it's our everyday, like, tip thing. If we make $500 in tips this week, like, you know, we'll make a video about Mew, like, huge popular Pokemon, mm. Blastoise, like, right. whatever, Arcanine, whatever. Uh, but if we don't, we're gonna make a video about Tangela. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so your video wouldn't be a big income earner anyway. Like you still have ad revenue as a balancing force, whether or not they donate or not. You still get ad revenue. But do, what do you think it's about true. punishing? What do you think about having there be a consequence for not donating? That that would be a that's, dick move. I mean, yeah, that's that's just that's just being a, a shitty. Like, don't YouTuber. make a video you would not already make. You yeah, know? but uh, you know, as Alex jokes, though, I guarantee that there's going to be someone 
that breaks the system to the point where that's going to happen. Of course it's going to happen. I want to be that work guy. out for them in the long term. <laughs> I want to be the guy who breaks I mean, I, the goddamn system. I want to I want to make like $10,000 totally legitly and then have a company change after I'm rich. <laughs> oh god. I would, Speaking I would of getting take, rich. Yeah. Okay. That's I just want to see, see where he's going with this. Yeah, that's, all right. Speaking of getting Speaking rich. Speaking of getting rich, we may or may not get rich because of these messages. <laughs> Tiger puts arcade action in the palm of your hand. Games like Mega Man 2. Fight your way through eight stages of play as you attempt to defeat the villainous Dr. Wily, his evil dragon, and his six deadly robots to win. Also available, Afterburner, Shinobi, Altered Beast, and Super Sprint. Tiger LCD video games. Video excitement in the palm of your hand. Hey guys, what's up? This is Gerard Khalil, the completionist, a.k.a. That One Video Gamer, a.k.a. The name of the podcast that you guys are listening to. Uh, I just want to say thank you very much for supporting that one video gamer. We officially hit 100 episodes as of today, and it is crazy. In two and a half years, I never thought I'd get this far building out one of the coolest brands uh, that is truly my own. And in honor of doing that, uh, the Yeti and I have partnered again to bring you guys three brand new items which I'm so excited for. The first one is the Completionist Sigil t-shirt for $17. It's a uh, like a shield, alien shield that has like the four things of the Completionist, so beards, bears, controllers and and trophies. Uh, the second one is the Completionist 100th special Nintendo Entertainment System cartridge. Uh, this is very limited edition uh, because these ones will go away. They will be turned into a regular t-shirt eventually, but they won't say 100th episode. So it is very special. And the last item, which is my absolute favorite, is the Completionist poster. It is 100 games that I've reviewed for the show with all of the ratings, and you have the ability to post your own Completionist rating and mark off which ones you've completed yourself. And what's even more rad, if you buy both the t-shirts and the poster uh, in the combo pack on the website, you'll actually get a gold edition of the poster, limited print, and it has uh, in dead center a very cool gold uh, That One Video Gamer Fist logo. So that's a very limited edition. It's very cool. Uh, please, you know, if you guys uh, want to support, I'd say that's the best way to do it. Pick up those shirts and the poster. Uh, once again, thank you very much. Thank you to Alex and Jimmy and to Greg and to everyone on the site. I think it's it's really cool. So uh, once again, that website is The Yeti. You can go to theyeti.com slash thatonevideogamer. Again, that's theyeti.com slash thatonevideogamer. Now, if you excuse me, guys, I am going to go on a very long, well-deserved, dessert-deserved vacation. Take it easy, and thanks again. Welcome back to the lovely TOVG podcast. YouTube is about to add a tip jar. Soon we're going to be rich, I tell ya. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> next uh, next story on the docket, this is actually related to theme news, but we didn't get to it because we, uh, we love Egoraptor so much, is about the Hearthstone <laughs> tournament banning female players from entry and then very quickly reversing their decision. Um, How surprising. I know Jimmy actually brought this topic up to me. I know he knows all about it. Did, have you guys heard of this, um, Alex? and Gerard? Yeah. Why did I have? Yeah, it was all over okay, okay. it was all over the uh, Twitters. 
It was a very serious yeah. deal. <laughs> yeah, so, it's a... Uh, I, I don't know. It, it's like a very, very weird topic, and we were discussing just a little bit before we started the, the podcast, or before we uh, came back from the break. And uh, so... I think we're going to talk about this lightly because I, I know none of us wanted to accidentally take a stance on something by accidentally saying something. Well, it's that not we don't. easy to take like the stance like the, right, the of course, Hearthstone. Of course. The thing is, they were banning female players from a Hearthstone tournament right. and um, they were banning it on the basis that uh, in like physical interact or physical interactive in really like physical physiologically demanding athletic sports you tend to have male and female segregated leagues the thing is Correct. you can make compelling arguments about both why that's a good and bad thing and i don't want to yeah. necessarily inadvertently end up taking a side on either one of those on the other mm -hmm. hand i think it's pretty darn easy to take the side that says it's pretty silly to segregate gender for a hearthstone tournament because hearthstone is in not a very physiologically demanding game. <laughs> yeah, this not is a ex super, not extremely. Yeah, it's a super, uh, you know, easy version of the headline. Like if it went the other way, right? Like, well, well it easy. Been, like, I mean, it is an esport, so. <laughs> right. Shut up. <laughs> be I careful. Just, be careful who you I'm, call easy in the esports well, world. I'm just saying, like, if you're if you're a journalist and you're looking for to write a story, right, mm -hmm. and you want to make the big hits happen on your yeah. webpage, you know, seeing it as. Hearthstone tournament bans female players is like the easiest angle to take, but if the decision was opposite, you know what I mean? You know, you could still publish the story like Hearthstone defies international East, like sports federation laws or something like well, that. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's just not as it's just not as see, sensational the, the headline. The thing is though, is the segregation is only one part of the issue because the other issue is that in the the tournaments that are going to be taking place in this specific event there's a male competition and a female competition which don't feature the same games and Hearthstone is one that's specifically in the male competition along with Ultra Street Fighter 4 whereas it Hearthstone's nowhere to be found in the female <laughs> competition and Tekken Tag Tournament 2 is their fighting game yeah yeah which, girls can't I mean, play Street Fighter for some reason yeah it's like I don't want to like make that that like put words in their mouth thing but it seems kind of silly that there's not an equal tournament on both sides and obviously there must be female players who want to play Hearthstone because of the fact that this is even an issue that anybody knows about I mean I'm sure like that's that much is obvious and it's just I don't know it's kind of weird that like they didn't just like same games across the board for both sides like well, maybe it's a popularity if segregated thing. is one thing. Maybe because uh, if I, segregation is a given, maybe if that's what they're thinking about, maybe if they're thinking like, well, you know, FN soccer is segregated, so let's make male and female, and then to make it to make it like as, you know, as as like appealing to that, uh, you know, demographic as possible, let's choose the most popular games for that demographic. I I see that, but like. Is, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a person who's caught up with the fighting game world. Is Tekken Tag Tournament Two actually popular anywhere? And yes. if so, is it more popular than Street Fighter Four anywhere? It's not. It's it's, it's about not more it's popular. about equally as popular. I would okay. I would say See, right now maybe Ultra Street Fighter Four is a little bit more popular just because it's new and Tekken Tag's been out for two years, so it's not the hotness. Mm -hmm. Definitely right. in the United States, Street Fighter is the most popular, but there's like a mm -hmm. huge community of players who play Tekken. Okay, so I, I wanted to clear size. that up because, as far as I know, Tekken Tag Tournament is—I don't—I don't even know what that game is. No, so. it's, it's huge. It's it's okay. It's, it's just as big. Yeah. Can, right. I, I just want to chime in just because I, I'm probably the most um, ignorant 
and I mean that in the literal way of like not knowing, yeah, um, kind of ignorance. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ignor- you guys know what I no, mean. No, we, we get it. Um, we get what you're, you're trying to say. You're an ignoramus. N- yes, whatever that means. Um, <laughs> Yay. Question mark. Okay. 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 So, I know this is like I'm not trying to be egotistical. I'm literally just dumb. Mm-hmm. Is is there a possibility that I mean maybe, again? I'm not, I don't mean this specific scenario. I right. mean like another scenario. Okay. That they just didn't have enough female players sign up, so they just canceled league altogether. Well, why would that necessitate the rule? Well, yeah. See, I, I see where you're coming from, but um, again, I'm I'm pure ignorance on my end. Here, here's okay. First of all, the the whole deal is is was sparked because the Hearthstone tournament is clearly the rules clearly state the participation is open only to Finnish male players. Mm-hmm. So, as a female, you couldn't even sign up for it. Because, um, but because second, there's no females participating in the event. But like, that's, but why would that be a rule? Because like, well, I well I'm well in this specific case, the reason is because females aren't competing in that event because the the two things that they're competing in are different. But I don't know the reasoning behind why they're different, and so that's the thing that is kind of getting avoided by well the most of the people who are mad. Well. But at the same time, when questioned about the the segregation thing, this is a quote from one of the tournament organizers, said, This is to avoid possible conflicts, e.g. a female player eliminating a male player during RO8, among other things. Which, I I mean, I believe that they're they're referring to the fact that that would be fucked up with their rules. Like, if in a male competition there's a female, it's weird. The reason why is because that is a, a rule in the IESF, the um, International Esports Federation, is that there mm-hmm. are segregated competitions. And when you look actually at a lot of um, games that are organized professionally, that people compete professionally in, the ones that are more mind games than body games, like chess and poker, tend to get mm-hmm. more mixed. And this, the, the, the big question is, why would this be an exception from those? Because, um, especially for something like Hearthstone, that's uh, that's slow paced. It's it's a card game. Is like, <laughs> is all mind and not body. Yeah. Well, right. but I mean, maybe it's maybe it's like what Gerard just said. Like maybe it's actually like the fact. Like the fact is, what I'm saying is, it's conceivable that there's a real reason why. You know, which is that they're like I th- I think the reason they made the choice in the first place was for it to be similar to sports. For it to, to res- regular sports, yeah, yeah for they, it right. to resemble to, uh, sports. I don't think it was a for it to resemble move. a legitimate sport. Th- right. This is an actual quote from yeah. another organizer. Right. The so, decision to divide male and female competitions was made in accordance with international sports authorities as part of our effort to promote esports as a legitimate sport. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so that's so that's true, right? But other than that, the like the thing that I'm missing is that like. You know, why why are these sports for the women and why are these sports for the men? And I think that with that answer, I can make a value judgment on whether or not the decision was, you know, necessarily sexist or not. Because what I'm saying is not that this isn't something that needs to be talked about. I, I, I absolutely think that male and females, like, there should be no distinguishing between them in a gaming, in a gaming s- setting. Right. I, I don't think I, I, that's definitely wrong. 
unless, mm -hmm. you know, unless we're all together deciding that, yes, in order to look like a real sport, we need to split them up. And then why, why are they, why are they different games? You know what I mean? Okay, I, I don't I know see more like, where you're coming from. When now. you ask that, like it just reveals how like, arbitrary maybe, of a rule it would have been. Like maybe it's because, like right now, I can still imagine a completely understandable situation, unless people are upset about the dividing of the male and female in the first place, which doesn't seem to be the case, because the headline seems to be saying that it was like what what people are buying from the headline is like they did this sexist thing by excluding females from Hearthstone. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which isn't necessarily actually what the story is. Do you know what I mean? Really? Because, yeah, because what I'm saying is like, there's not an article here that's like, the International Esports Federation is separating male and female. You know what I mean? That's mm -hmm. not like the, the scandal right now. If it, mm -hmm. if it is, that just means where the hell was everybody... You know, however many years ago the international when esports they were making up yeah. the rules. Yeah. So, so if, if nobody has a problem with that, you know, maybe the actual reason why there's not a female Hearthstone competition is because there wasn't enough interest in Hearthstone from the females that are participating in the International Esports Federation. That's a completely reasonable. That's a completely reasonable reason why there wouldn't be a Hearthstone event in the female competition, and their decision to exclude uh, female Finnish players is. You know, regrettable, but not unjustifiable. Because but there's not enough physical players there. That's the thing, though. If that's, I mean, that's a that's a completely legitimate reason. Why don't if we that have is that, the reason? Yeah. Why, why don't we have that piece of information? Is is what right. I'm asking. Yeah. Like, if that's the reason, why then why this, not state that like, as the reason? Why is this because news? that's the obvious? Why like, is this I don't know. news it, it without that like piece of you, information? If you have like a like a sort of not not like a get out of jail free card, but like a this is a reason that a lot more people will understand better than than this is to avoid possible conflicts such as a female player eliminating a male player, which could be completely misconstrued and but obviously yeah, how has can you been. Have, how can you have such a strong reaction to this piece of news without that key piece of information available to you in the story? That, yeah, that's, what, so, that's what I'm saying. It's like, that's, that's crazy. Well, George, let me ask you this, because again, ignorant guy here. Um, <laughs> we have an update, right? They they did mm -hmm. they did release a, <clears throat> the, the, I guess today, literally it was, it was today, right? They they that they they reneged on their statement that um, that yeah, they're going to they're, be abolishing male exclusive game tournaments. Mm -hmm. So However, did, they, did they? Yeah, sorry, go ahead. However, female exclusive game tournaments will remain, and. It, the general manager of their um, IESF International Relations actually did have reasons to justify this. He says, of course, in traditional sports, there have been the physiological difference between genders that makes it necessary to separate the genders in sports. Mm -hmm. And like, again, there's a lot of writing that has been done that presents compelling arguments as to why that would either be wrong or right. I don't want to take a right. side with regular sports. But then he says, however, it was hard to apply to esports since there has not been any evidence that can be applied to esports. Though some yeah. say there is no physiological factor which may affect the performance of men and women, there are others who who believe that dynamic visual acuity and precise control may differ by the gender, which may affect the performance. Mm -hmm. Right, which and is which is possible. I mean, who knows? Like, I, I'm not gonna say either way. It sounds a little fishy to me, uh, you know, at first glance. But I'm not a scientist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I, I I guess that um a lot of science has been done that has um kind of shown that men and women actually aren't that different as far as 
as far as thinking goes, you know? Right, but right. I mean, it's in this case, you know what I mean? This is a spectator sport. This is this is an industry that's that's you know floated along by its approval rating, and until everyone decides that, you know, whatever, like anybody who's trying to make that difference just needs to get that information that there is no difference out. You know what I mean? Because that's mm-hmm. obviously what? that's like what I believe. Hmm. What do they gain from having segregated? Competitions. The 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 perception of their organization as a legitimate sporting association. Why is that a good thing? It's not a good. <laughs> it's it's not a good thing. It's not so much a good thing as is. Yeah, it's, objectively, it's, it's not just a good what they thing. Want. But that's what they're saying. Well, it's like it's it's basically a rule that's already been created. That's been that's been instituted in every major sport. Since the beginning of time, okay, kind but, of but, what I, you know, but what I'm yeah. saying is, is, is what the news story really is, is that there was finally a game that was popular enough among females that there was a significant enough number of them that couldn't participate that this became like a feminist news story. I guess so. Like, is I don't this, know. I don't really follow esports. I just don't see. The justification of this being a rule. I I honestly, I honestly love esports. I, I, I could care less what gender any competitor is. But I'm just saying, in this specific situation, like, why now is there suddenly attention being paid to this? Is it just because there's people who are pissed off that they can't play Hearthstone? That sounds reasonable. Right. Yeah, I, I but, see that. I think you explained it. You explained it well earlier, and I at first I didn't get what you were saying. I do get what you're saying now, and. Um, I think we're at this point we're all kind of talking in circles. Right. I mean, no, not talking I mean, in circles, but we're like already, restating the, the points that have been stated. We all, I think all, all of us here think that if it's a question of our female superior, no, they should be included. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I think that we all agree to that, the, the four of us here. We agree that equality should be right. I, I, I for don't everyone. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think race. that's the discussion that we're having. I think that we're just looking back at this whole situation and being like, well, like, was this worth talking about? And what does it mean for gaming in general? Like, what does it mean mm-hmm. for yeah, feminism? because it changed the rules. It changed the rules here, but, like, is it because of some reason other than, like, gender equality? Because still, still we have a situation where there's female-only tournaments and... I don't know. Like, what if there was like a like a you know, like male like outcry of like, why do we have to play with the girls? We believe that there's differences. Maybe they could have advantages. You know what I mean? Like, I mm. I, well, I, I, don't, I don't understand why because they're girls or because they're men that they should be treated, you know, like they deserve a break more or less. Like we mm. all said, I, it's I just clicking. I don't really think you could justify. That unless there was compelling evidence that men and women compete in some different capacity when right. playing Hearthstone. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Like in this quote, it says there are others who believe that dynamic visual acuity and precise control may differ by the gender. So that's why we're keeping the female exclusive game tournament. But what I'm saying is, how come there's also not still male exclusive game tournaments? It seems like they're just doing it because females the are the feminists. underrepresented one. It's not about fairness; it's about equality. Like those are two right. very different concepts. Right. But what I'm saying is, if it really was about fairness in the first place, in their in their explaining of the situation, I think that the thing for them to do would be to have a male only, a mixed, and a female only. Because I think. St- 
the fact that they're still a female only is insulting to women. I think that it's, I think that it's, you know, sort of like them admitting that the one that's inferior is the female because they're the ones that they think have the disadvantage. That are underrepresented. Well, right. underrepresented or not, I mean, like, the female exclusive game tournament, like, how come there's not just a male and female one and a male one? Well, I think the, the bigger thing about Hearthstone too, right, is that when you're playing a game of Hearthstone, I don't play it very often. I have a lot of friends that do. But you don't really know who you're playing against, male or female. It's like, you know, uh, Blizzard fan 47-2 X Diablo versus, like, uh, Pandemonium 242. Like, that doesn't have any kind of gender attached to it. Right. I guess for a game, for a game specifically like Hearthstone, like... Let users be users and let them dictate the tournament, not so much as gender, but that's just how it's going to be because that's just how tradition is, and I think Jimmy talked about that earlier. Right, but what I'm saying is the rules changed, but they still seem to imply that the female is the inferior gender. Uh, I think it's more to imply that the female is the underrepresented gender in this context. I, I guess, but like, it just doesn't make sense that they would give the female competitors their own separate tournaments that they don't have to play against the better males if unless you know if they don't want to well I, when you have them in separate tournaments you're saying that they cannot compete with one another on an equal ground right right which is why i'm saying how come there's only a female exclusive one it seems to me that they're implying that the female is the weaker one and i think that is not right i think that's that's worse than them i, I wish they would have just kept it male female and stuck to their guns about why as as you've said before, though they didn't, there isn't that piece of information that we would need to make a more uh, thorough dissection of what's going on here. And without that, we can't really say any more. And as I said, we are just kind of talking in circles over what we've already talked about. Hey, that reminds me. Hmm. Segway, segway. What's the next segway? Western Australia has considered a ban on R17 plus rated games. And uh, oh I guess it's important in this uh, instance to remember that Western Australia doesn't actually refer to the West of Australia. Yeah, it's, it's a province. province. It's yeah. like one of, I don't know how many, six, seven, eight. How many provinces do they have down I under? I believe there's four. I have no four. idea. Oh, I, I over, uh, overestimated. But okay, anyways, um, Australia, you couldn't have the equivalent of an M-rated game over there for like years, right? Like they right. just mm-hmm. started having... Um, having the equivalent of the R-rated game and I think it was February of last year and it was a huge deal. Like, everyone was mm-hmm. like, yay, finally, Jesus Christ. And mm-hmm. um, now, one of the provinces wants to, uh, well, a uh, certain interest group in this province wants to enact a statewide ban, which isn't as big of a deal because that's going to be a lot harder to enforce, like trying to... Uh, control like what's to stop people from just driving out of state getting a game and then driving back in state it's a hell of a lot less of trouble than or going out of country happens. and buying yeah, a game and coming back when you make like you know weed legal in a state where the country doesn't allow yeah. it same thing it's just <laughs> well it, it, it i can even you can even attribute it to like how ferrets are banned in california and hawaii but if you go to any major pet retailer in California, they will have ferret food, yeah. ferret homes, ferret toys, ferret everything, because they know that everybody that they know that people actually have ferrets. Like no one's listening to the ban; it's just harder to get the ferret. 
So, you know? okay, the the Western Australian Joint Standing Committee on the Commissioner for Children and Young People, which is apparently actually a a special interest group that reports and recommends things to the government, recommended it's a very in its special interest group sexualization of the children report, which <laughs> oh. is apparently a thing they do. <laughs> very that, special. Um, the Classification Enforcement Act should prohibit the sale, resupply, demonstration, possession, or advertisement of R18 plus video games in the state. And their report apparently also included recommendations about regulating child beauty pageants. I don't know. Any, anyone have any counter arguments to that? I feel like they're you, uh, very <laughs> arbitrarily connected in this case. Using children uh, in sexually provocative advertising. That's 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 weird, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, like that's that's not. I mean, that's. I think that's something that they're just trying to avoid. I, I think that and, what, and what the deal is is that they're showing a pretty picture of a little girl that's dressed like in a beauty pageant and sometimes the standard of what flies in a beauty pageant isn't the same as the standard outside of the beauty pageant community where seeing a girl in like you know a like well, okay. a, I don't know like they, they also <laughs> they also recommend that the government find some way to crack down on underage sexting like these things that are related to the sexualization of children also has violent video game legislation tacked onto it. Well, I I say legislation. It's it's not. It's it's a report. It's a recommendation. But <laughs> it's uh, kind of discouraging to see that um that similar tactic where where some moral issue not necessarily related to the other issues gets tacked on to legislation that would be uh, a lot more risky to to not take into effect essentially like, a tag along thing yeah yeah like, yeah yeah like a lot more people will support the idea of like like yeah let's get some regulation regulate let's get some regulation on on children yeah, being used in sexually provocative advertising the and, then and also video games are gonna argue the people who are for it are gonna argue and say you want to ban the 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 motion you know what I mean? Like the motion to do yeah. all these things. What's the matter with you? You yeah, want course. children it's, to it's, be sexualized? And then it's like, right. no, I want violent video games. But if you vote no on this, children will be sexualized. Yeah. And like this is uh, that they couldn't feasibly sell like Grand Theft Auto games in Australia before this, like one of the most popular franchises of all. And that still didn't keep them out of the hands of Australians. Like you could import or set up dummy accounts to digitally download them. And um, yep. it's it seems like a thing that has been such a long time coming. Like this is why we don't have the government rating games in the USA, because because uh, the ESRB is not a governmental agency. They can't like enact this stuff on a national level inside of the government. It's uh, right. recommendations printed on boxes. Retailers follow policies rather than following laws because mm-hmm. maybe the industry knows a lot more about their industry than than the government <laughs> itself does. And maybe. Well, I don't yeah, know yeah, what the, is... what's the legend. What's like the document in Australia called? What's like the law? The document. What, yeah, like what's the constitution? How how do we how do we apply this to my limited knowledge of world government? <laughs> <laughs> like what are the? I don't think any of us know. Like yeah, the, well, I, I, don't I mean see that's what... true. But I mean, like the question that I'm asking is like, is this a situation where it's going to be like a free speech situation eventually? Oh boy. Or um. Or like an well, you yeah, it's tough. You you would assume that um like a more liberal interpretation of free speech would include the free distribution of, of violent video games. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that I, it's... I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's up to, up to who's responsible. But again, I don't know enough about Australian government to uh, tell you what what should happen here. I, I, you know what I mean? I, I think it's crazy, but I, I don't know. I don't know what to. Uh, I don't know what to like suggest or. I, oh, you, you mean you mean legally? You don't like none of us really know how much. Uh, know much about Australia's yeah, government? Yeah, I don't really know the. Like, uh, I don't like, know the uh, implications of this. Is basically what I'm saying. Like. I, like well, yeah, we can't be like oh, First Amendment because it's it's not the same as as theirs. Or is there a penalty <laughs> for for? I mean, you obviously can't buy a game, but if like the if the Australian government was like, hey, we found out you played Grand Theft Auto Five. <laughs> Looks like you're going to jail. Like, it, I, mean, I mean, is this even a government committee? I I don't know. Well, the 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 committee is a special interest group. However, yeah. the ban on the ban on. Uh, on um, R18 plus games. games. Like that, that was that, that was, was a government thing. That was a law for a while, right? Like the ESRB yeah, does not make laws. It's a very different system. Right. That right. was the that was the national policy that changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, well, yeah. and so this is um a recommendation happening at state level. Yeah. Well, I mean, we say state level, but really it's not really a state, right? It's it's a it's a uh province. Province. So I don't I don't know yeah. like what that's what I'm saying. It's like I just don't know like I'm trying to like justify this or like to, like analyze it, but I, I don't know like how much power does a special interest group have in a province, and how different is province law from national law? Yeah, definitely. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I it's would. A, it's I, a would very I would think int- it's safe to assume that if they actually ban this brand new rating categorization for video games, it would only be enforced statewide, not nationwide, which would make it not that hard to drive out of state, pick up your Grand Theft Auto, and take it back home. Yeah, especially considering that Western Australia is more or less the like the country side of it would Australia. be a long drive, but you could still still devote a weekend to it. Well, and there's not going to be a lot of like cops the... and like stuff cracking down on it. <laughs> well, no, like what I'm saying <laughs> well, they is didn't the, before the population majority of Australia lies in Sydney and Adelaide and Melbourne, big city stuff, which is near the east of Australia, whereas Western Australia is more like more or less our our great plains or south or whatever you want to call it it's not nearly as popularized populized of a of a section i know that because i have a few relatives that live out there all the way out there speaking (laughs) of the flow of information and media oh boy translation translation Um, transition Doom Doom 4 is going to be shown off at QuakeCon. We have only seen a teaser of it before, a few um, concept screenshots and illustrations in years past, but apparently they're going to be legit about it and show an actual more meaty, hopefully, trailer demo at QuakeCon. However, it is only to be shown at QuakeCon and nowhere else. They're not going to be live streaming it across the internet and uh, that, that means that the rest of us will only see really shoddy camera phone videos of the screen and um i don't know how much how much anyone else in here cares about doom but this didn't make me any any more excited about there being a new game than i wasn't already which is to say not very excited yeah anyone else i I think this is kind of a transparent sort of ploy i i Mm -hmm. i I really don't like i don't like i don't like the idea here i don't like the idea of like them being like, this is so cool, but you can't see it. But I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's like, a load of bullshit. Like, at this point, it's it's basically just like, 
is going through this anticipation and mistreatment of the fan community worth whatever Doom 4 may prove to be? Because really, we've only, only had, we've only really had, like, one or two real, like... There's not that been that many Doom games that... But the... the, the two-thirds of them that actually were Doom games were really good. And yeah, that's three what I'm saying. was... was Okay, and since then, like everyone has left id, and their last game, Rage, wasn't wasn't super duper great. I don't necessarily know if the company is in a good enough state to really deliver on the legacy that this game has. And keeping a big reveal kind of secretive, like behind closed doors, that uh, seems to me to say more about what they have to hide rather than what they have to show. Yeah, but Bethesda, I, I don't know, like. The, the way that Bethesda does stuff usually is like very weird for everything. They they are kind of like in my mind when it's like something like this, which I mean it's almost their own IP at this point, right? Like mm-hmm. it and it and Bethesda, if I understand correctly, are pretty much you know in kind of each other, like it right? didn't develop the new Wolfenstein game, and Wolfenstein was was right, their right. thing for so a while. So they kind do they own it? Is that what it is? I'm pretty sure it's in the hands of Bethesda because they gave the project over to Machine Games for this I mean, installment, I mean, does, and Raven Software made the last one. What I'm saying is, is does Bethesda own it? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. They just own it. Completely. I think. I think so. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, if it, they're almost to the point of like Rockstar, where they just kind of like exist outside of or Valve, where they just kind of exist outside of mainstream game media, like how they make press releases and stuff. So who knows? Like this could just be like some, like what if it's just that everybody who sees it is like this shit was <laughs> off of the hook. Like I don't know. Uh, like I, I, they have a, I, you know, I, Bethesda I, goes I, I quiet doubt. for years and years and years, and then they announce Skyrim, and then it's out, and it's like, <gasps> you know what I mean? Like say what you will about Skyrim, that game was huge. You know what I mean? Mm. So who knows? Yeah. Who, who knows what will happen well, here? Well, that was also developed by a very different team. I think the one thing they could actually do at this point to get me excited about Doom Four is say that it's made by a studio that is not ID. Yeah. Like, um, like. I don't know any anyone else. I would rather see Raven Software making the new Doom game than than id themselves. The people who made Doom are not are no longer the company that made Doom is no longer the people that made Doom. What if they were like the, we got the old team together? I but but John Carmack's working at Oculus and John Romero's <laughs> off making Facebook games and and I think Tim Willis is still on though. Um, anyways, maybe they're all, maybe they're all I, on NDA. Maybe they're all in the room. The that, only that way that they can get cool. me excited about Doom 4 is if they said that it was a direct tie-in to the Doom movie <laughs> and if The Rock was starring in it. Oh, I With would dialogue be so from down. the Doom comic book. Oh, yeah. I just peaked that audio. I'm so sorry. The only I way that they be... can get me excited is to announce Fallout 4 instead. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, actually. That... I could I could use Fallout 4 way more than I could Doom 4, and that makes yeah. me kind of sad to think about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I've, I've loved Fallout all the way from the first one, so I'm I'm happy. I'm one of the yeah. few people who's just like, yeah, I, I'll I, take it. I'll take Fallout Three. They, there hasn't been a bad Fallout game in my mind because I didn't play Fallout Tactics. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Fallout Four, greater than Doom Four. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that a weird turn that the industry? I, is I, doing? I think the the biggest problem that Doom has going for it in general is it's been okay. Doom came out. The original Doom came out when. 
like 1992, 19... I think. Okay, Doom Two came. Doom Two came out in 94, I think. 94. Okay. Two, Doom Three came out in 2000. 2004. Okay. It's oh, by the way, 20... Doom One was 1993. Oh. Mm. And and anyways, Doom... anyways. So it's 2014. It's been 10 years since the last Doom game. Like. I think that's for not me, a good thing. Yeah, exactly. I think that for for as established as Doom, <laughs> you know, what was at the time, you know, it inspired dozens of game designers and dozens of people to play first person shooters on PC, at least the ones that could run it. Um, to to be know, fair, it, it, they did make the BFG edition of Doom 3 in 2012. Yeah. I don't know if that counts. I don't think it does. What if but, this um, is what if this is uh what if this is uh, Doom's like Metroid Prime? Well, Metroid Prime time, what if this was is... made by Retro. <laughs> well, right, but it wasn't time. developed in house at Nintendo. Right, but it wasn't developed by a studio that had ever worked on Metroid before either. Which is yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if they say that someone other than ID is making the game, I would be like, okay, things well, might well, get interesting. Right, but. Yo, saying that it is making the game is almost the same as saying that somebody besides it is making the game. Do you know what I mean? But, but, but it's like modern id. They made Rage. Did we play Rage? It looked great. No, it Rage was pretty bad, dude. It looked pretty bad up close. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It did and not do well. Really, um. I, I don't know. Like the gunplay wasn't half bad, but it it's it was dated in the weirdest of ways. Like completely uninteractive environment of the game. Yeah, I feel like the format of the game was really weak. I played the demo and it was just like, this feels like it came out before, like Morrowind, but play like looks like Fallout Three. You know what I mean? And Jimmy, you you had something to say. You were trying to say no, it for no, a while. I, I, I already lost oh, it. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Speaking of people with something to say, let's. Power <laughs> Sir wants to talk about the lesser known voices of game journalism. We are segueing into our community segment here. So, before you go, before you go on, I'm giving this guy the benefit of the doubt that his name oh, yeah. is Power Surge, despite but, how he spelled it, and George, that you're just being being nitpicky on his spelling, <laughs> ticky tacky, if you will. There isn't a vowel after two hard consonants. It's it's I, I don't know. I'm sure this he'll, is the internet, clarify, bro. But, but I have my vote down on power surg. This is a classic. Will they? Won't they? Include female and in international esports argument. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, your word of the day is ticky tacky. <laughs> that is your word of the day. Minutiae. Yeah. I like I like minutiae. Um Power Surge Surge Sarah Serge Power Saren. He wants to talk this this uh forum poster wants to talk about um game websites that exist that pump out lots of news but don't pay their writers. He um, talked about how he applied to one game website and said that he figured people would laugh me off and that it just was at least worth a shot. But to his surprise, a few hours later, he received an email from the owner of one of the sites and he was in love with his stuff after checking it out. So he, quote unquote, hired Power Surg on the spot and then wanted a minimum of three stories a day out of him, but actually wanted to aim for something like five and was told his best to get exclusives and then was later on told that he would not be paid for this. And this reminds me of a lot of the listings you see on like that video game journalism, um, 
um, hub website. I think it's just called Video Game Journalism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> VideoGameJournalismJobs.com. You can scroll through hundreds of listings that look exactly like what this person is talking about from tiny little websites you've never heard before. And I guess it's uh, kind of an okay way to start, but only if you want to practice and know that you're not really getting yourself into something big. Does anyone else here have experience I writing do. for I one do. of these guys? I do indeed. Okay, how how did it turn out for you? I I hated it while I was doing it, but I very quickly turned it into something where I was getting at least paid a pittance but I at, you know, on the flip side of it as much as I hated doing it like I want to just I want to just pontificate for a second because mm-hmm. uh, with a games journalist let's like look at journalists in general for a second with a games journalist the like sort of like romantic understanding of what a games journalist does is that they play video games for a living let's say like you can look at the job games journalist and to the layman they might assume once without you giving them any more background that you get to play video games for a living oh poor you you get to play yeah, video okay, games but with with a sports journalist the the understanding is not that you get to play sports for a living or if you're a crime journalist the understanding is not that you get to kill people for a living and so i think that because of that there's a lot more people who want to have the job that have a less like serious intent you know what I mean like there's a lot of people who want to be games journalists and they need to write somewhere and there are sites that exist that take advantage of those people and I think that you know as much as I think they're bad and that they shouldn't exist for people who are trying to make a career out of working in the video game media I think that they're not there's no way to get rid of them just because of that sort of like sensation that like a lot of like you know age 15 to 22 year olds have that they want to be games journalists because they Where get to play Where they video. think it takes a lot less work than it actually does. Yeah, and you fly to Japan and you get to hang out with Miyamoto and Kojima and, and and write a little 300-word sum-up that shows up in a monthly magazine. Yeah, and you get to play yeah. Wii with Ego Raptor. <laughs> well, there we go. Yeah. Uh, uh, talking about the internals here. Um, I, I, I got my start on a website called True PC Gaming. I did it in college when I wasn't necessarily in a tight spot in my life. I think you might be able to get away with this stuff if... Um, if it's you your only have an abundance of money and free time, yeah, to spend on it. And it's like being like not, a YouTuber, though, but before there was YouTube, and it kind of still exists because written and, and video, it sucked way more. Yeah, written like, and video are not the same field yet, but they are getting close in video I guess journalism. It's a lot more work to make videos than it is to make writing, but in my own humble experience, I've made a hell of a lot more money from it, so it's mm. kind of balanced out. Yeah, um, I, I, same, I feel the yeah, same way. Like, in a way, it kind of did help, because uh, people knew me from my features there, but an absolutely, like, teeny tiny, the smallest of percentage followed me from there to YouTube. Yeah, and so well, writing, though, you can't also bet it's on like... It. Writing, it's also like you make five videos, you get a hundred bucks, or five articles, you get a hundred bucks. 
You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's more than I made. Well, five, or, I five mean, articles a, yeah, a week. Yeah, that is more than I made. Five, five articles a week for like a hundred bucks a month, let's say. Like that's okay. that's like okay. that's like the a little bit better than free work version of the same mm-hmm. story. You know what I mean? Like that's a lot of work. Yeah. Like you could come into a to an office job where you write for mm-hmm. Games Radar. It depends like on the story. Like What's news that? is supposed to take a. Whole, it depends on the story. Like news articles aren't going to take as much time as like feature articles. Well, right, like, but you're going to pump out in a day five articles a day for a week. A week's work is like you're going to mm-hmm. do five articles a day every day. In that uh, case, it's probably going to have to be news. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, that's a full day's work is five articles in a day. Mm-hmm. I'd say. You know what I mean? Okay. Like whether one of them be a feature, one of them be whatever. That sounds reasonable. Yeah, and. For this work, you're making in a week. You're doing 35 articles, or let's say 25 <laughs> articles. Let's say 25 articles, five days a week, and then four times four weeks a month. That's a hundred articles in a month, and you're making pretty much a dollar per article. And that's what people do actually for a living right now, and they think that they're making it out of this situation. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't know if they are. Right. I, 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 um, I don't think they are either. These websites have such a small audience that I don't really think that people are getting the exposure that they think they're getting compared right, to you, if they and, yeah, went you out were on their own about, and you were talking about made this in the context. Themselves. Yeah, you were talking about this in the context of like people people hearing that this is how you get your start. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that that's actually just like sort of like the pyramid scheme trick. I don't think that any like most people who write for any of the major sites, major outlets, Polygon, any of those people, I don't think that a, I don't think that there's a large amount of them that like owe it to the time they spent writing free articles anywhere. Yeah, I, I highly doubt that. And there's so many of them that you just kind of get lost in the pile. Like, yeah, if you GenericGamingWebsite.com, GenericGamer.com. If you watch the reveal trailer for Call of Duty Ghosts at the end they show off all of the very high scores that game received and they are all from websites you never heard <laughs> yeah. of like dig deep. and the screen is full of them like people love to talk shit about the bigger websites but they are like absolutely the 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 compromises that these smaller websites have to make to pump out as much quantity with as little quality as they get from not paying their people, like, and is also it's, way it's shadier. It's also much, much more corrupt. Like, because, like, for example, like, if the company doesn't send you the game and you have no budget that you can't even pay your writers, you can't cover the game. So you better give them a good score or they're not going to give you the game next time because you're not big enough to matter to them. You know what I mean? You pay your people in free video games, and and I don't know. Like the more games you play, the more you realize it just takes time. And the older you get, the more you realize time is money, and that you could be trading in that time for money. So I smell so a bunny hop video in the in the mix. I, maybe, I, maybe. Anyways, I think um, that rounds about all of the weird, wacky, controversial, shocking, troubling conundrums. And uh, <laughs> what a ride it was! Yeah, what a ride it was. Ups, downs, lefts, rights, gravity reversing, pitfalls, Mario and Kart pratfalls. Eight is basically what we yep, did. Yeah, basically, <laughs> basically. 
Anyways, uh, that's everything for today. I think we're starting to run out of our time for here. Thanks to mm-hmm. all of our lovely, beautiful, handsome fans for listening. And remember that you can find all of us on YouTube on our respective channels. <laughs> yeah. If you want this crazy ride to continue further, just go to our channels and listen to us uh, us yabber there. Or even um, or even if you, if you don't have time to do that, just head to thatonevideogamer.com and you can see all our channels conveniently at the congealed, same time. congealed into one head cheese-like mass of video oh, games oh, You channels. could have said something, anything that wasn't head cheese. Also, also you have the, the That One Video Gamer forums where you can, <laughs> you can go on the forums and, and share and maybe, all maybe. the great what I'm just trying to say is that you can go on our forums Thank and you can you. talk to us there. Yeah. We have mm-hmm, a TOBG mm-hmm. podcast thread, and we Swap do read everything that you guys post there. I am what? very disappointed in the TOBG uh, forums this past week for not delivering on the topic that I that I asked for. There was a thread, but it was a thread that was literally like, if we find anything, put it here, and nobody put it there. So. <laughs> what was the topic? I'm going to give you guys an extra week. Uh, I can't even remember the name, Rad but it was... Commutant. Yes, yes. It's it's uh, find find out any details of a man with a similar name to Rad Commutant. And uh, and yeah, no no details yet. <laughs> All right, so if but you we guys love our rad commentators. Keep your keep your ears to the ground, rad commutant. Yes, yes. So, uh, so yeah. Also, don't forget to rate us five stars and uh, write a review on iTunes if you really like the show because it really does help us out. We're gonna get mm-hmm, sponsorship mm-hmm. if it looks like we're a real living breathing podcast, you guys. That's how they're gonna say yes. We'll we'll sponsor your podcast so that you can make it, and you won't even have to put it in our jars. Get it tipped. You don't have to put it in the jar. Tip Bye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.